movement in the tight end market. Dalton Schultz signs a deal. Devin Singletary signs a deal. And Nick Scott is introduced to the media. We dive into all of those topics today. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake. Let's go along with your host James Rapine. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Bengals podcast on YouTube and hit the bell so you're notified when we upload our podcast every day or follow anywhere you get your podcast on your mobile devices and you'll again get those delivered to your playlist when we upload our content and James the markets are moving. Dalton Schultz one year up to nine million dollar deal with the Houston Texans. Not a surprise, I suppose, that the Bengals weren't in at that price point as it's a very similar deal, it seems, to what Mike Gusecki got from New England. seems like the Bengals are looking to go maybe a little bit cheaper, maybe not one-year deals at the position. But at this point, the options are dwindling for guys that could represent an upgrade at the position. That's where we're going to start the show. We'll talk about Nick Scott's press conference a little bit later in the show. We'll talk about what's happening on the running back market as well and assume that a signing is going to happen right after we upload the show today. But let's start with those tight ends, James, as Foster Moreau appears to still be available. No news, really, since his visit to New Orleans. But with Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki off the market, there are fewer options now, and that's only going to continue in that direction. Yeah, it's. I wonder how in the Bengals were on either of these guys because – to me, if I'm signing a one-year contract, I sure as hell don't want to catch passes from Mac Jones necessarily, and I get the Bill O'Brien part of it. But was it close there? Were the Bengals even in on Mike Kosicki? Okay, if not, Dalton Schultz seems like a pretty good fit, threat in the pass a game. Certainly uh, you can line him up in line and, and all the stuff that the Bengals like from a tight end would make a lot of sense. There's no way he's signing up to catch passes from a rookie quarterback who he doesn't even know who it's going to be yet. And so it's – um. If he can, by the way, I preface that, obviously he's doing that, if he can catch passes for a similar amount with Joe Burrow. So either the Bengals are really in on Foster Moreau, maybe they really like the idea of an Irv Smith Jr. who's got an injury history and going after him. Maybe they're comfortable going into this draft with Devin Asiasi and Mitch Wilcox and, you know, Season Carter. You know, guys that they you know have had on the roster at, in the past and could resign at any moment. I don't know, but I, I think I think it's interesting because you see these numbers. And if I'm, for example, if I'm Dalton Schultz, I would take a little bit less, not a ton because money is money, but a little bit less to come to Cincinnati, maybe with a few more incentives. And you wonder if the Bengals were even in, or maybe they're just all in on Foster Moreau. And like you said, this this show's shelf life is going to be very, very short. Who knows? The options are, as you mentioned, very limited at this point. <laughs> yes. I mean, Irv Smith we're talking about. We've talked about him a couple times. Is he an upgrade? No. I mean, I'm, I was just, there, there's a ceiling. There's an upside. An upgrade. There, there is sure. upside there. The probably like average outcome is not an upgrade you know there's there's drew sample still available the bengals want to bring him back for vet minimum kind of deal a one-year prove a deal wouldn't be surprising the way that they're bringing back guys like oh 
they re-signed Max Sharping today. We're going to mention that. Forgot about that one. The Bengals did bring back Max Sharping, and they're bringing back guys like that. Trent Taylor, Max Sharping, these down-roster guys. It wouldn't be surprising if Drew Sample's back on a similar deal to see if he can play. But the other guys that we're talking about are like Austin Hooper, Mercedes Lewis, who's about to turn 40, Jeff Swaim, who's 30. Go ahead. Can you imagine if the Bengals signed Mercedes Lewis? He would be the oldest guy on the roster by like eight years. Yeah. I wouldn't hate it either. It's a funny thing. No, he's still I, I, good. I would be okay with it. He's still good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then, I mean then he's you're not like a, a tight end one, but he's still good. He can yeah, be he, he could, sample. He could do something for you. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Croft reunion well, at 31 years God. old. Max Williams, Jesse James. I mean, Blake What's Bell, Jake Fisher 32? up to? What Wasn't he playing tight end? What's he uh, up to? I don't know. Nick Vanette. <laughs> O.J. Howard signed with the Raiders, the Raiders, so the Raiders clearly aren't expecting – well, maybe they're still expecting. Maybe that's a depth signing. Maybe they are still in on Foster Moreau, but by all intent – but by all indications, Foster Moreau is trying to pick between Houdet and Houdet. So mm-hmm. feels like the Bengals need to uh, make something happen here. James. Yeah. Not, not that I thought that Dalton Schultz or Gusecki were necessarily likely, but when these are the options we're talking about, like Dalton Schultz, Austin Hooper, Irv Smith. Mm-hmm. You want probably one of those guys so you have some experience at that position and you're not relying on a bunch of rookies to play tight end for you. I wish – and this is the part of free agency where you wish you had the behind the scenes. Who have they been in on out of these tight ends? Who have they not been in on? Who Who – who is it? Is it is, is it that simple? Are they in on Foster Moreau? Right now is, is Joe Burrow – doing the full court he has crackers and cheese and they flew it foster Moreau back to, to meet with the team one more time is that what's happening because i think joe joe burrow we know is the closer he'll be able to get it done if that's the case no ruby visits this year that we're aware of that have became public maybe that would happen and would be known the the moment that that a signing happens i guess i should have asked nick scott that today but yeah i i'm a little uneasy right now put it that way because of all these guys i think foster moreau is really the only obvious potential upgrade and i don't think that's clear but i, I think the difference is his age his floor is the same as hayden Hurst to me like if you use him in the same way and so if you can get a younger guy that's super athletic that hasn't been used a lot and has a pretty high floor well let's see because maybe he does take a step with joe burrow at quarterback in in this offense and so that is clearly, to me, the best available option now. I, I wonder, though, how much do they want to spend at t- on tight end? And, and is that what's keeping them from, from getting one of these guys, even in a down market? I mean, this is the opposite of last year. What would Dalton Schultz have gotten on the market last year? He would have gotten a bag. Mike Gesicki would have gotten a bag. And they played fine on the, the franchise tag, or they were paid well on the franchise tag, I should say. But tight end market is is not what it was and so if you're the Bengals it seems like Foster Moreau's your last chance to cash in because these other guys wouldn't have made money in any market and so maybe you land one of them but it's not like there's a ton of value there yeah uh, you, you feel like they're not hitting that seven million a year which is what we've seen some deals come to what what Hayden Hurst's deal was it feels like they're below that number and that could be because they intend to keep Joe Mixon and Jonah Williams and their cap number 
is not the the big cap number we talked about if they were to move on from those guys that we talked about yesterday where it could get up near $30 million, but instead it's actually about $9.5 million right now is what they're really working with. And they might have some extensions that they're trying to fit into some of that cap space. So it could be that they can't fit in a huge deal right now. Mm. I don't think that's what's going on. That that would be a bit surprising to me, the way they did the Orlando Brown deal, the way they did Jermaine Pratt, the way they did uh, Nick Scott's deal. But it's possible. Just throwing it out there is a possibility. But speaking of Joe Mixon, running back market. Sees Devils, Devin Singletary sign also with the Texans. Why are these guys going to the Texans? What do you like one year prove it deals with Demeco Ryan's Texans? A lot of faith in Demeco Ryan's and whoever they draft at number two. I'll tell you that in uh, Dalton Schultz and, and Devin Singletary. But those markets both moving with some guys that we've talked about as potential Bengals targets. So let's talk about the Bengals and running back again, James, because the more these guys come off the board, we knew they were interested in bringing Samaj P. Ryan back, but mm-hmm. we haven't really seen anything else move for the Bengals in terms of running back. Let's talk about that next. But first, today's show brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, well, it's America's number one sports book. And with the tournament, Sweet 16 finalized, you need to get in on the action. And you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Yes, that's $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Even if you're a novice better, you just want to try to check it out, see how it is. FanDuel is perfect for you. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't delay. Get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Devin Singletary has reportedly signed to the with the Houston Texans for a $3.75 million, up to $3.75 million deal. That's Samaj P. Ryan money on a one-year up deal. To, up, up to. Up to. Oh, Emphasizing up to, up to which to. Mike Gusecki was reported as up to $9 million. And that turned out Schultz, to be four and a half way. million dollars before incentive Schultz. Like you said, <sighs> same deal. Probably I would, I, I have to think that Schultz got a better deal than Gusecki. He's been more productive throughout his career, like every year, including last year. Anyway, <laughs> Devin Singletary, a guy that we talked about as a potential fit for the Bengals, a good pass blocker, productive runner, not necessarily the dynamic receiving option that we've alluded to a few times this offseason, talking about getting more dynamic, more explosive at running back, but it was a guy that seemed like the Bengals could be interested. But if they're not giving you, if they're not giving Devin Singletary a deal that matches the Texans up to $3.75 million mm-hmm. for one year, Maybe maybe the issue was that they wanted to do two years around three and a half million, and, and Singletary wants to get back onto the market in a prove it environment. But but why wouldn't they do one in that scenario? Because they can't move the space around. Like I still think they would do one. They would just say, it, okay, we'll give you a one year deal. To me, just suggests that they weren't in. They weren't mm-hmm. interested in Singletary, and at that price, that's surprising. Yeah. And, and what does that mean about Joe Mixon? Is is are, should we start reading into the Bengals' oh, inaction on running back? Don't do this. As it pertains to Joe Mixon, do they have a, a handshake deal to change a contract? Do they feel like they're making progress there? 
Or is Joe Mixon just going to play on his current contract and shock all of us? And by all of us, I mean like every single Bengals media member who's talked about this. If they, I'm going to be very direct here. If they're not adding a Foster Moreau or a Dalton Schultz or a Mitch Wilcox or a Drew Sample, and I know it doesn't apply cap-wise, I'm just making my point. If they're not adding a tight end because it doesn't fit for some reason, Joe Mixon's $12.7 million cap hit does not fit. It does not. I don't care about the $5 million in dead money. It doesn't fit. And if you could open up $7 million, you do it. Or cut him later and open up 10 if you wanted to go that route. The point is, is yeah, maybe there is a handshake deal, and he they have a great relationship with Peter Schaefer, Joe Mixon's agent. I'm talking about who's Adam Pacman Jones's agent, Lyle Collins's agent. I mean, there's a relationship there. But there's no way you can bring Mixon back on that contract. And here's why. Just looking at the free agent backs, I mean, Singletary's one, right? Damian Harris, to me, would, would be fine if you could get him. Maybe you get him for even less now. Maybe they're in on Damian Harris. But it's getting so lean there that it, you're just you're looking at it, you're like, all right, well, then who is it if they are adding someone? Because there's no obvious candidates. So, you know, some of uh, who tweeted, someone tweeted us about Kareem Hunt. I haven't heard anyone interested in Kareem Hunt. And he had a down year. And certainly you have the off the field stuff with him that cost him in Kansas City and impacted him and in, in, in the Browns took a flyer on him and he's been there for a few years, but are the Bengals, is that really their plan? Like that doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel like something they would do right now. So who is it? I mean, Jarek McKinnon, he's, he's the wrong age, Jake. He's our age mm-hmm. and he's got an injury history longer, longer than our age. And, and so that's, uh, that's the part of it where it's like, Oh, you've missed multiple seasons. I, I get it. He was really good last year, but he missed multiple seasons with injuries. So, Wrong side of 30, multiple injury, riddled years, I doubt it. I don't know. I don't see the path. And so we're talking about two positions now, tight end and running back, that are deep in the draft. We've discussed it a ton. And I'm not super comfortable with either position going into the draft, not having a proven veteran there. And so the mixing part is interesting in the sense that, yeah, maybe he's willing to take a cut, but if not... How can you really look at your books if you're the Bengals and say, well, it is worth it. That player is close to worth that value. Like, there's no way. Like, people are freaking out about Jonah Williams. I would much rather have Jonah Williams starting at right tackle for $12.6 million than Joe Mixon on the books with a $12.7 million cap hit. And to me, it's it's probably not close, and that might make some people mad. It's not that close to me. It's It's partially because of the draft, right? If you feel good about your starting five on your offensive line, you're not feeling that pressure to necessarily draft an offensive lineman at 28, which if they don't feel comfortable about Jonah Williams coming back and actually playing, and, and they, they I mean, he's not going to, like we said yesterday, he's not going to just give that 12-plus million dollars away, but they, they might be feeling pressure to draft a tackle. But if you don't have a tight end and a running back, Running back is deep, but are you asking a second, third round running back to be a bell cow? Second round, sure, but then you you run out of uh, you run out of picks uh, to address these positions in a, in a premium fashion. Like you can't you get think- a premium tackle running back and tight end. Who I mean, it's very hard, I guess I should say, to get all those guys who are ready to contribute year one. And do you think that they'll trust 
This isn't 2014 where you can grab Jeremy Hill and you can get under center and just hand the ball off to the rookie running back and let him run like he did at LSU. It's not like that. These dudes throw the ball all over the field. So you want a pass protector. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone in the draft? Anyone where you can look at and for sure say, oh, well, this guy can do that. Man, I, I just I don't see that. I think they're going to sign a veteran. And that's the other part of the Mixon conversation. They don't trust him to do that. So it's not like he fills that void that Samaj P. Ryan leaves behind. So I really don't know. I don't know. It's it's really intriguing. I won't even say interesting. It's intriguing where they're at right now. And uh, I thought maybe they would go with a guy like Singletary. Maybe it is just Damian Harris, but the options are getting more and more limited. Damian Harris is the last high-end option. After that, he's a good one. You, you're kind of the, the, the warts are more significant. Yeah. On, on the the flaws are more significant on the other guys that are available. Like, you know, Mark Ingram. He's 34. There, there's no way he's had a great career. He's 34. No. Ronald he's older Jones. than you. If he's uh, older than you, that can't happen, isn't he? I don't. I don't, I don't think he's it's close. It's close. Um, I'm 35 here in a few months. Ronald oh. Jones oh. is is 26. He's visiting oh, the Cowboys or oh. visited the Cowboys. Zeke. Oh my God, Zeke. That's it. He's a great pass blocking back. I'm dead serious. Two million. Is that their plan? I don't know. Is Zeke going to take a cheap deal? He's probably going to have to. Yeah, I mean. Austin Hooper, by the way, speaking of, of things breaking oh. as we're recording, visiting the Raiders. So they're they're looking they, – they signed O.J. Howard looking at another non-Foster Moreau tight end. But if the Raiders sign Austin Hooper and Foster Moreau decides to go to New Orleans. Oh, my God. The Bengals have to, have to finish some of these moves. Can't, can't just, be losing some of these guys to non-contending teams when you're in your Super Bowl window. And, and maybe it's just that, you know, they, they have a clear plan. Maybe we should be trusting them more. We've seen how some things have come together for them over the last week. But it, it feels like these options are really running out. And when we were preaching patience before, it was because some of these options are still there that are now yeah, running out. Maybe, it, honestly, maybe they think Jake Fisher is going to make a comeback, dude. Come on. Be serious. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about Nick Scott. If that's where we, we're at, James, let's hold talk on, about we're not. Scott. We're not. We're not yet. I just, <laughs> I had to like seriously dramatic pause. Maybe it is Zeke. I'm not, because if you have a young back that gives you that juice, and I do think if they're in the market for a back still and it's like rounds two or three, that's going to be the back that you're relying on early downs, especially. But can Zeke get you some some touchdowns in the red zone and trust him in pass protection? Yeah. I know I know it's a big name. He's not super old. There's a lot of tread on the tires. He's not super old. He doesn't have the the same character stuff that, that Kareem Hunt has. Maybe it is Zeke. I don't know. Is that a high state has, has he been officially cut? He has. I believe he has. I, I thought it was like a day or two ago, right? I, I they announced that he they were going to cut him for sure. But on over the cap, he's still on the Cowboys. So I'm not sure if he's been officially cut. Oh, no. He was June cut. 1. It's a June 1 cut. Okay. So he is he is available. It's post-June 1. Yeah. He, he, could, sign, he could sign elsewhere. So yeah. Okay. 
you never know. I but that that one that one's interesting. But you're right. It's been long enough. We need to talk about Nick Scott, who I got to be honest, Jake, pretty excited about. And we'll do that next. Speaking of excitement, really excited as always to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Built Bars. And the Built March Madness bracket is here. And we know you have your favorite Built Bar. And if you don't yet and you've been listening to this show, well, of course, you got to get to Built.com, Walmart, Sam's Club, and get Built Bars in your life. But right now, you have to check out their March Madness bracket. And all you have to do is when you go there, BuiltMarchMadness.com, and you vote, you're going to be entered to win, entered into a drawing in 50 Lucky Locked On listeners will win a free box of Built Bars, and one will win a 12-month subscription to Built. And so then you can have the best bars or puffs delivered every single month for an entire year. So that's pretty much the best thing ever, besides maybe the Bengals signing Foster Moreau or whatever free agent you want them to sign. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there at BuiltMarchMadness.com. You can vote every day in March, so get to voting. Again, BuiltMarchMadness.com. Nick Scott, introductory press conference went down on Monday, James. Mm-hmm. Got to meet Joe Burrow in person. That's he did. pretty cool for him. He, he did. They were both in the locker room together. I'm not sure anyone else had that, but I, you know, I'm very... I'm a very good observer, Jake Lisko. And so that was one of the, the many observations. You want to know another one? Mm-hmm. Nick Scott has a, a roughly three-month-old, he said three-month-old mm-hmm. son named Jackson. I have a just over two-month-old daughter named Quinn. We both have the same stroller, the Duna stroller, which if you're expecting, you got to get the Duna. This is not an ad. It folds up, Jake. I know you don't care. It folds up. You put it in the back seat. Then you take it out. Boom. Wheels pop down. And just like that. You're, you're riding. So it, it is, uh, it's very clutch. I didn't get the time to talk to Nick Scott about that, but uh, I can't wait to do that during OTAs. That said, should have been it, really, it should have been, dude, I could sell those. They're so clutch. If you go anywhere with your baby, the Duna is the way to go. That could be the tagline at the end. It's because they're versatile. Look at this transition. And I think Nick Scott's versatility is a big reason why the Bengals uh, were in on him. I think they're going to put him in that deep, deep safety role, but they're also going to move him up towards the line of scrimmage and they're going to have him deliver big hits and use that speed. And I think he's an ascending player. They feel like he's got, he's going to play his best ball over the next couple of seasons after, you know, a year of starting for the Rams and starting that entire playoff run when they won the Super Bowl. So I'm, uh, I'm excited because I think it's going to be a good fit. And we know how I feel about Dax and that'll be a separate segment. This should be the Nick, Nick Scott segment, but Rob Livingston, the Bengals safeties coach, is, is certainly excited to, to have Nick Scott in that room. The athleticism upgrade that we talked about yesterday, and, and we got into a lot of this yesterday, is it, still a big deal, I think. He's going to have a, a lot to learn in Cincinnati. I think that he's going to be asked to do different things, and, and he's done a lot of it. Uh, Mike at Bengals underscore San Santagata has a good review up at allbengals.com, a good film review up of Nick Scott. Really versatile in terms of playing deep safety. You feel comfortable with him in pretty much every coverage, and you know you see him play half field really well. You see him play deep single, single high really well, deep third really well. Um, I'm not as comfortable with him in the box. I I just haven't seen it 
And mm-hmm. so I think that is the learning curve for him. Talked about yesterday, he's blitzed once in his NFL career. The Bengals, both safeties, blitzed more than that last year. So, you know, timing that up, working on that part of his game at the NFL level is going to be part of what he's doing as well. Um, but but like you said, James, he, he does a lot of things really well. I think he's a fine starting safety in the NFL. And... I'm excited to see how he transitions to the Lou Anarumo defense because mm-hmm. you you know that and, and I guess Rob Livingston talked about this. You know, like they they go through all the free agent safeties and they get a list of okay, here's the guys that we could be in on. They had a good meeting with Nick Scott. Sounds like they also had a good meeting with uh, Taylor Rapp, for what it's worth, uh, according to Livingston. And uh, he's not going to say it's bad at this stage, but to your point, yes. Yeah, of course not. But he, you know. He's, he sure. said it was a. Re- he said he really liked the other guy too. Is is what was in the quote. So anyway, um, point is, it, it, it. What is my point here? It's going to be exciting to see how how he fits into the defense. Where, like Dax Hill, they're for sure moving around a lot. But you have two guys that are a little bit smaller, and so it's just going to be it's going to be cool to see how they fit in. As yeah. we start to see them on tape. Yeah, it is. And the 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 thing that I think people are going to start to understand, hopefully, about the Bengals, and, and we just talked about, oh, tight end, who are they targeting? It's much easier to see their vision now after seeing and hearing Nick Scott and talk to him about his journey from college running back to transitioning to safety, to seventh rounder, cutting his teeth on special teams, his mindset when he got into the league, how he knew he was going to, how he knew what his role was going to be if he made the the roster, special teams, special teams, special teams. And then it finally grew and he became a starter. And so one, that's the argument for him ascending, but the character part of this, that plays a huge role, right? And so when you see Chauncey Gardner-Johnson get up to 8 million from the Lions, the Bengals might just looked at it and did their homework on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and never been in on him. Or they might not have liked the the fit with Dax. And they might have said, you know what, we want this guy This that is clearly is young enough, but is hungry, is mature, is going to be a veteran presence, and he's going to cost half the price or a third of the price, depending on when you know they were negotiating and, and what Chauncey Gardner-Johnson wanted at the time. I think the character fit is clearly there. The football fit. Lou Anarumo wouldn't have signed off on it if that part wasn't there. And I'm excited. I know it's it's a guy that most of us hadn't heard of, talked about, discussed. But I'm excited for the fit, and I don't think it's just rose-colored glasses. I think it's, uh, it's because it's going to work out pretty well. The upside is what's really exciting about Nick Scott. He's a clear starter in the NFL. I, I think he can play starter-level football, whatever – Whatever PFF grades say, I mean, they gave him like a 50 overall grade in the game that I watched where he played against the Chiefs. I thought he was fine against the Chiefs. He looked like an average starting safety to me, which to me is like a 70 grade. Uh, He also had a cool interception in that game. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, take PFF grades with a a grain of salt when it comes to safety play. I would say they, they maybe are involved with like seven plays a game directly but other than that they're like doing their job and funneling the ball to to a certain place based on coverage and and taking things away 
he, play, he plays with good leverage. He plays like a smart football player. He has, and we've, we've talked about a good athleticism that shows up for the most part outside of the change of direction, which I think I mentioned as well. So it's, it's good in, in so far as he's a, an athletic starting safety with a solid track record now that the mm-hmm. Bengals can start with Daxo, who Rob Livingston is not worried about, by the way. You mentioned we're going to spend some separate time on, on Dax Hill, but Rob Livingston, funny quote was something like, you know, I, I have a lot of things that stress me out in my life. Dax Hill isn't one of them. Something to mm-hmm. that effect as a, as a secondary coach. So should be solid secondary pair, solid, solid safety pair there in Dax and in Nick Scott. But what's left, we've addressed left tackle. Great that they've improved at an offensive line spot. Fantastic. They've, they've got their starting safety. Fantastic. They retained Jermaine Pratt. Great. Now we need to get those other positions that we talked about at the beginning of the show. They need a starting tight end. It would be great to know what the plan is at running back going into the draft so that you're not feeling that pressure to fill those starting roles early in the draft. It would be great to, to feel better about what's going on at right tackle, although we might not get answers on that for a while. And then do they want a corner to supplement depth with Cheeto coming off the ACL? Do they want to add anything in the defensive trenches as far as a veteran or those waiting for the draft? Because you want to get to the draft, the plan all along that we've talked about is get to the draft without a glaring starter need. And they're not quite there yet, but they still can get there. And that's what we're going to be watching for here as the rest of free agency goes on is how close are we to the draft now, James? Just a Five little weeks. bit more than a month away? Five weeks. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's exciting. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. One thing they're not going to draft, even though people are worried about it, is safety. You're right. The, the team isn't worried about Dax Hill. Part of why I'm, I'm pretty bullish on him. The other part is, is obviously I believe in him. But uh, no, we could get some of those clips and, and play them on a later show. I just didn't have time to, to turn it around. But the, the, the coaching staff certainly believes in Dax Hill. I do. And uh, I think Nick Scott, again, great fit to, to get the most out of 23. So, so we'll see if he does. Especially if they want Dax to start playing in the box, playing man on tight ends, playing more that star safety role, which we can talk about with Mike Santagata at some point in the future as well. We'll talk about how these guys might fit together in this offense. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. The Bengals make a move. We'll be back with you. And while well, I'm leaving my house in about three hours, James, and we are about to post Date? a show. Nope. I said yesterday when that was happening. Man, dates can change. All right. Times can Look, change. People can change. It might be a new, you might have a new lady that you're going on a date with. It might not even be the same one. No I'm not one even asking. Know. Yeah, you don't have to answer. I'm just saying. A lot of things can change, Jake. I'm just saying we've recorded our podcast and I'm leaving my house later. And so that's when things have happened. Maybe so. you have multiple dates. Maybe you're dating multiple women. Stop it. You might not be exclusive. That's not a bad thing. Yesterday, I told you when I was leaving my house on Monday and Thursday, and I specifically told you when the date was on Tuesday for everyone oh. listening. Oh, we, don't need to, we don't need to blow things up and start oh. making suggestions about what's happening on other days. That's all I'm saying. He's dating People this know. girl this day, this girl this day. I mean, I just don't know how you have time. I'm just going to hit the end recording button here. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one.